Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. I've spent a lot of time over the last month watching television on paternity leave, and I'm very grateful for that time off to be at home with Luke and the family, precious time together. But nonetheless, a lot of time to watch television, and one of our favorite shows is The Great Christmas Light Fight. Maybe you've seen this show, but if you haven't, here's the idea. A set of hosts travel across the country to visit three or four different families who do their best to put on the greatest display of Christmas lights known to humanity. And I have to say, watching this show, it's a competition in just extravagance. Who can outdo the next? Uh, The show's been on for a few years now, and I'm always amazed at what these families put together. Some of the houses that compete on the Great Christmas Light Fight uh, do synchronized light shows, the ones that you might find at Coney Island, where it's all synchronized to music. Think Trans-Siberian Orchestra. If you stare at it too long, you might go blind because there are so many flashing lights filled with LEDs and switchboards and, and crazy. Others, though, take the classic Christmas route. Um, blow molds of Frosty the Snowman and Santa Claus. Uh, Others um, are are just a classic Christmas decoration. Maybe they look like uh, the Griswolds, where the whole house is covered in lights. But you can't win the great Christmas light fight if you don't have a lot of light. That's the point. How can you put on the biggest, brightest display that will wow the judges, win the $50,000, and take home the trophy as champion of the great Christmas light fight? Now, I love the show. I'm impressed by all of the lights, but there's never been a house or a display on the show that has truly won my heart. Why? Because I prefer a different kind of Christmas display. Ever since I was a little kid, I have been drawn to the houses that were decorated with those single candles in the windowsills. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you decorate your house this way or there are some houses you've seen where there's one candle lit from the inside placed in each window of the house. I've always been drawn to that simple, classic display of light. Now, my house was a house that was decorated that way as a child, with the exception of one thing. My dad would often bring out this box filled with this electric set of red Christmas bells that he would hang in his window from his office. Every other window in the house would have one simple classic candle that was lighting from the inside out and then there were my dad's red Christmas bells and I have very fond memories of my mom and dad arguing if the bells could go up my mom didn't like them my dad loved them but that was our house very simple display I've been giving thought to why it is that I'm drawn to that simple display of light 
I think it has something to do with what we pick up here in John's gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Light shining in the darkness. The darkness did not overcome it. John's gospel, these themes of light and darkness are prevalent all throughout. And what we see is that they're interconnected. Light is made brilliant when it is juxtaposed in the midst of darkness. We all know the power of lighting a candle in a dark room. We are drawn to the light of that one candle in a very powerful way because of the darkness that surrounds it. The job of that candle isn't to destroy all of the darkness around it. It's to just exist in the midst of the darkness around it. And it's in those situations where that light truly draws us in, I would argue, in a deeper, more reverent way. At least it does for me. A soul light flickering in the midst of darkness. I think of the image of a lighthouse in the midst of night giving off its light, providing safety and safe harbor so that travelers would know where the shore is, where home is. The light has a way of drawing us home. The light in the midst of darkness has a way of being a beacon for us. So many people have said over and over again that the year 2020 has been a hard year. It's been a year filled with darkness, with disruption, with pain, with sorrow, with communal suffering. And I agree, it has been a tough year. It's been a tough year collectively, but it's also been a tough year personally for me. And as I think about how tough this year has been, how dark this year has been, how disturbing this year has been, I can't help but also give thanks for the way in which in the midst of that, light has still been present. I think I'm more ready to recognize where the light has been this year because the darkness has felt so heavy. I'm mindful of people, people who have shown up for me, who have been light for me in very real ways this year. People who have been the embodiment of hope and joy. People who have done that for me because they've listened, they've cared, they've loved, they've been present. To me, they're like a light in the midst of a window. They haven't done anything fancy or extravagant. They, they haven't even needed to show their care or their love in, 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 in large, enormous ways. They simply have been light. Light that calls you home. Light that says you're welcome here. You're safe here. Even though darkness seems all around, know that light still shines. One of the things that I really love about Christmas Eve, and I missed it this year, we did our outdoor services and we tried to light the candles for silent night, but the wind was so heavy outdoors and it was so cold that we couldn't light those candles. One of the things that 
that I love about our traditional Christmas Eve when we sing Silent Night is we take one candle and another candle is brought to it. And from that one flame, now there's a second flame and a third flame and a fourth flame. And, and in a matter of minutes, you look up and there are hundreds of lights in the midst of a very dark sanctuary. This is how love grows. This is how light is spread. The one true light who was in the beginning, from the very genesis of creation, the one who was before John, we're told, who came into the world, came into the world to be light. And all who have life, you and me, have that light. The light of Christ lives in you and it lives in me. And part of our calling and our responsibility is to steward that light. Sometimes the Christian life and calling can feel overwhelming, like we need to try to destroy the darkness. We need to conquer everything that is evil in this world for God's kingdom, but we can easily confuse our role with God's role, with Christ's role. Our role, truly, is to just be and reflect the light of Christ, to shine in the midst of darkness, to shine with how we love and how we serve, how we're generous, how we reflect the true light of the one who has come into the world and continues to come into our life. So in the year ahead, may we be light for one another. May we see ourselves as God sees us. Candles, beacons of light, that are shining for all the world to see, that even though this world has pain and trouble and heartache and hardship, and even though we cry tears and we mourn and we seek a better day, even though all of those things are true, love and life win. Love and life are more powerful and more strong. And if you need proof, all you need to do to fix your attention on the one light or the one candle that is standing its ground in the midst of the darkness all around it. That darkness has not overcome it, and it never will. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.